Hey guys, welcome to the Search for Pink podcast. Um, I guess this is a part where I could be like, and I'm Rebecca, but I I think you get that by now. I've had to re-record this intro because it's getting warm outside and I'm covered in bug bites and I was scratching my leg the whole intro, but it was pretty good, but I think I can do it again. Um, Rachel and I became friends over Instagram, which is honestly the beginning of, I think, a lot of um, my relationships and maybe y'all's too. She's a gorgeous portrait photographer and there was a photo that she posted that I thought was so gorgeous that I now own. Um, but she came into my coffee shop one day and um, I just somehow knew it was her. And I'm saying somehow because because she's a portrait photographer, she has so many photos really of just other people on her page. So I kind of had to like not that she's like mysterious, but I think it just kind of shows that she's very focused in her art of focusing on the other person, which I think you'll get from this interview. And then the next time I saw her, I was um, like 10 seconds before crying in my work bathroom because my agent asked me to re-record an audition. And um, I DM'd her for some reason. And I was like, can you come to my house in an hour? And then I came out of the bathroom and she was standing there. And then she came over to my house and she filmed me beating up a suitcase with a baseball bat. I mean, like, how cool is that? And then she, like, stayed with me as I, like, freaked out over my computer because the audition was uploading. And I just kind of tell you that story to just show what a kind and um, person she is. And I love that because now we're friends. And after, like, many a very long coffee date. Um, she's become one of my favorite people. And um, I'm so happy that she agreed to come on the podcast because I think you'll learn a lot, um, not just about photography, but she's also a gorgeous writer and an actor. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited for this. This is Rachel. Be sure to follow her at Rachel Tess Eddy. And um, I love you guys. All right, here goes. Also, guys, in the podcast episode, we talk about a short film that uh, Rachel was creating for the Kodak Film Festival in Atlanta. Um, because of the virus and just kind of everyone staying inside, that festival I don't believe is happening anymore, or if anything, it's been postponed. So Rachel, um, in the upcoming weeks, is going to be releasing that short film. Uh, we don't have a date yet, but you obviously know me. I'm going to be sharing it on uh, my Instagram with you guys. Rachel will be sharing it on hers, and I'll add it to the show notes. So maybe you're listening to this in a couple weeks' time, and then you can just click on over. Um, but yeah, that just little disclaimer for that, because we did record this episode a few weeks ago. I know. Okay. Okay, so are we like testing or is this it? We yeah, this is it. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the been... podcast. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. So hi Rachel. Hey. Have you ever been interviewed on a podcast before? Um maybe actually no. Really? Yeah. Am I your first? Definitely not by a friend or by someone I like. Yeah. You've interviewed a lot of people for yeah, I don't know. That's not a good beginning, but can you talk a little bit about how you interview people? Yeah. Or, yeah, okay, go. <laughs> okay. This is just how we do. We get right into it. Um, yeah. I guess when you say interview, you know, there's many different ways to go about that. And I'm sure, like, photographing someone and speaking to them is a form of, like, interviewing. Yeah. Although, I guess I never think of it as such when I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 
I don't know, my photography is kind of taking a couple different directions, but the one I enjoy the most is when I get to connect with often strangers, yeah. and I get to photograph them, um, and I get to kind of get to know a piece of them for mm-hmm. only a moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to preface, one of the things I think that you were doing like in the beginning of your photography when I first met you is mm-hmm. oftentimes like when you were in New York or when you've gone on travels, you've met strangers, created a connection with them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm guessing, I've never seen you do it, but it's like, can I then take a photo of you? Mm-hmm. And then with that, you've already kind of established this relationship. But I think you see beauty and you see people in a really beautiful way so it's not just like oh you would be a great photography subject it's also like you've made a connection with them and then how you take the photo of them is showing how you see them (laughs) wow (laughs) thank you Um. (laughs) sorry I'm just explaining (laughs) no um it's always beautiful to have someone mirror back what they see in you yeah um so thank you for saying that um (laughs) Um, but I found that quite often you can make a deeper connection with someone that you don't know Mm. um because people are more often comfortable to let someone in that will only like know them momentarily yeah um which I relate to that a lot I think sometimes the people that are closest to you might know you the least um, which Damn. is like very backwards and twisted and we could go down a whole road with that but um yeah I think as much as I'm sure the people I'm interviewing you know get satisfaction from like telling their story to someone it yeah. also fulfills me in some way mm. um, because I don't know to be seen and let someone see you are just two things as human beings that I think we just so greatly desire yeah so what attracts you to not just like a person (laughs) but like what is it like um Mm -hmm. I I keep the whole time we've been talking I've been thinking about the the blind man Mm -hmm. that you met like but I think a lot of people go through life and maybe could have these moments Mm -hmm. I don't think it's just people being drawn to you I think it's like people could have had this connection with this man Mm -hmm. but I think they live more with like a straight focused mindset so they miss all the connections that I think you're really open towards thank you yeah um yeah I definitely think a lot of it is being open and being aware of what is being gifted to you yeah I really feel like when I meet certain people but most often all the people I get to photograph it's like a gift yeah um you mentioned the blind man I feel like I should explain the story yeah um <laughs> you know that man but, um it's just one of it, it is one of my recent favorite photographs that I've taken but I was mm. um in New York for a couple of days and I was actually spending my last few hours just walking through the East Village um I used to live in New York for a while so whenever I go back I I love to kind of just hit my favorite spots and so with my last few hours that that's what I was doing I think I was walking down like first avenue um and I was just like I really just love to walk especially Mm -hmm. if I'm in New York and just be open just to really watch people and see what's happening and so um that's what I was doing and at some point uh I realized that this man's like walking beside me and he kind of just like calls out like hey what street are we on and I look over and 
you can kind of tell that he's blind. Mm-hmm. And I let him know where we're at, and he's like, okay, great, thank you, yeah. I've, and he starts telling me, like, oh, I've been walking since such and such street, and I'm trying to get to this street. And I'm like, oh, well, that's where I'm headed. Do you want to walk together? And so it's like I, <laughs> I didn't even realize it till we've already walked, like, ten blocks together. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Rachel, like, these, this is a moment. This is the moment you photograph. And... Um, what was kind of beautiful is that, you know, he's like, oh, this is where I need to turn left. Is this, is this the street? And I'm like, yeah, this is where you make left. And then after we kind of like, he shared some things with me, I'd asked him if I could take his photograph. And um, there's just something like tragically beautiful about photographing a person who will never be able to see that photo. And the way that they like allow you to see them because they have no choice but to just like be themselves in that moment Mm. like I think for those of us that can see like oh we know what looks good we know what like is our best angle Mm -hmm. we know that we have on our like outfit on right or whatever but for like someone like him he's just like um unapologetically himself and so these photographs that I have of him are just so moving to me yeah um they yeah and so 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 what is it because I think you've taken my photo Mm -hmm. a few times and Mm -hmm. I'm kind of my brain I'm trying to go back on like what that felt like to Mm -hmm. like have hmm, like to share that connection with someone because you've now done this with some people that you knew quite well Mm -hmm. and then also now you're doing it um because everyone's like I want to work with Rachel and everyone's like hi ring her um (laughs) but like what is it like to like share because you just took a picture of one of our good friends who doesn't love having her picture taken Mm -hmm. and I know you've you did a shoot recently where someone was kind of you know just nervous Mm -hmm. um what is it like to like I don't know like share that moment with them of them being open and vulnerable in a different way than this man that you met in New York. But yeah, what what is that like? Um, so I will say that I have kind of like a soft spot for people who hate getting their photo taken. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, so you. <laughs> because I also hate having my photo taken. Yeah. Um, so if anyone, and it's interesting because actually in the past month, I feel like the majority of the people I've gotten to photograph, they all are like, okay, by the way, I like really nervous or they're like I really hate this usually but and so I think what is great is that there there takes like a knowingness of how do I want to put this um maybe it's maybe it's a knowingness but it's also like having to have a softness with people Mm -hmm. um knowing that everyone can't be like pushed into a certain mold to take a good photo Mm. and knowing that um a good photo looks differently in every body Mm -hmm. so I would say that um as a photographer one of my goals is to really have everyone walk away with a photo they feel like is in their likeness Mm. and quite often that you know the photo that's it quote unquote in their likeness is not the one where they're smiling or they're you know having their stomach sucked in it's like Mm. these moments where people are just like really being themselves Mm. um because I think everyone 
deserves to have a photograph like that Mm -hmm. so when someone comes to me and they're nervous or you know they, they just hate having their photograph taken I think a key to it is to really taking the time to like just being there with them Mm -hmm. to making to making them feel like I'm seeing them but also making sure like to to kind of get to know like their little idiosyncrasies and like because to me those are like the golden moments you know what are what are like what do you mean by like what are the little idiosyncrasies that you found in Um, people well I'm just trying to think like it, it, it would be things that you wouldn't really even think of but like the way someone like talks about their crush or the way they like have a little nervous tick and they like play with their hair like these yeah. little things I think kind of add up to create a person mm. and when we're taking photographs we shouldn't just be washing those away for like a perfect smile mm. like those are those are like the things that I want to capture so yeah I love that it actually kind of reminded me so there's this picture it's like a behind the scenes picture Mm -hmm. of a shoot that we created together Mm -hmm. of where I'm like holding my chest Mm -hmm. and someone called it my topless photo shoot recently (laughs) which is great (laughs) my (laughs) eyes are so open right now I'm like ah but anyways I'm I'm holding my boobs and um, now everyone's going to go look at it, but I don't care. But, like, my stomach <laughs> is, like, over my jeans, and it's softer mm-hmm. than what I usually would have wanted. And I don't have, like, rock-solid abs. So it's, yeah. like, it's like my stomach looks softer than I would like it, but that's mm-hmm. also what my stomach looks like. Yeah. And I remember, though, I'm, like, looking up, and it kind of – and this is something you captured, but it kind of, for me, like, made me feel – you know how in, like, paintings and on the ceiling and the angels are, like, looking up? And you're, like, <laughs> what are you looking um but it kind of reminded me of that but it's yeah like that I feel like you did capture one of those little things for me where it was I remember like noticing and it wasn't even like oh now I feel insecure it -hmm. was like that is me wow you know damn (laughs) you know what's so funny is about I feel like this is the case for everyone whether we realize it or not but Mm. um so the way I'm like continuously trying to like photograph people mm-hmm. as themselves or like have them you know be able to see themselves in like a beautiful way that is going to be probably my lifelong journey with myself like <laughs> I like it's so funny I'm like it's so easy for me to like see this beauty and in, in people but I am still struggling so hard mm-hmm. with myself like the way you're describing I mean I love that that you were able to look at this photo and see like and relate to yourself as like an angel on the <laughs> in the Sistine Chapel or whatever and and hopefully I think what I'm hoping is that you know it's it's a struggle for me but but hopefully the more that I I do this for other people you know the more I'll see it in myself um do you think I okay no this is a leading question I think one of the reasons you're able to do that for other people mm-hmm. is because you relate to it. If I was, mm. if I really was like, I, I'm so, I don't have a birthmark, but if there was like, oh, there's this mark, I really, yeah. this makes me feel like this. And I think some people, some photographers might be like, no, queen, you are gorgeous. <laughs> now I'm going to take a close up of the yeah. birthmark. <laughs> wow. Actually, that's a great point. I think, um, yeah. 
maybe mm-hmm. it's my my own insecurity within myself that allows me to be um more gentle with people because I understand yeah and yeah I've definitely I've learned it in myself like any photo I have I have had a good picture taken of myself that I like by the way but majority of the photos taken have of I me yeah um I'll give him a little shout out because he's okay. great um yeah. my friend Brian he goes by Wolf Bradley on okay. Instagram so he is actually one of the first photographers I met when I moved to Atlanta yeah but he photographed me in my space like before I even had like the majority of my furniture mm-hmm. and he just took this photograph of me like in my in in my chair with like a broken leg that I had like stacks books books under and I was like in my overalls and my in my slippers and it was just so impromptu and it was actually the day we met too like I think mm. I'm I was really inspired by Brian meeting Brian but also that day he took my photograph because in my head I'm like oh my gosh like like my hair is a mess my place is a mess like I don't have all my things together like I just moved in like this photo is gonna be like terrible and then every time I look at it I'm just like holy shit that's me Mm. (laughs) and like I don't think I would have wanted a photo where like I had all my shit together Mm -mm. because I don't yeah (laughs) I mean true like I have furniture in my place now but like I don't know I um yeah yeah I feel like your photos really represent like a piece of that that day or that moment and I think people really get to be let in one thing I want to bring up is you're also a very talented writer thank you and I feel like Instagram and our generation right now is a very visual time Mm -hmm. which I think is great because I'm not poo-pooing on it because (laughs) (laughs) not taking a giant dump on that (laughs) because I think that means there's so many brilliant photographers out there and there's so many everyone gets to be heard I think that's great but like you're a fabulous writer thank you wait did you were you a little were you a little baby with a journal like journaling (laughs) your feelings yes I knew it (laughs) although I would say when did it start I feel like I definitely was like that girl in middle school who's like writing down like my crushes or like my feelings (laughs) And at some point, it, it changed. You know, I'm still writing my feelings, but I'm writing them in a way where I'm now, like, sharing them. Um, mm. But I would probably say it was it was probably when I moved out of the house for the first time at 18, mm-hmm. that I, which makes so much sense, because I'm like, when I finally had the chance to become my own person. <laughs> I was then writing in a new way. Um, I kind of let... I don't know. It's, like, so cliche. I'm like, I let my journal be my place where I can express anything. It's, like, my safe place to just, like, write a thought, and I don't judge it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I I will say what's funny about Instagram and writing is that I haven't gotten this in a while, but I used to get this a lot where um, I would be talking to someone, and I would – we were – we would be talking about a photo that I posted, and then I would say something about, like – the quote I had written underneath and they're like oh you write all of those I thought those were just quotes that you like found and part of me would be like really insulted about that because I'm like no those are my feelings <laughs> <laughs> but then also you're like well maybe if they thought it was a quote that's a compliment yeah. I don't know um but yeah I think okay so in a way I feel like the photos are for people and the quotes are for me mm. because 
I don't know when it started. I think I just, uh, it's been quite a few years now, but I started pairing my photographs with um, some writing. And when I, when I'm writing something for the quotes, I'm not really picturing like who's going to read it. Mm. It's more just my way of attaching my own emotion to like the photograph mm-hmm. taken. And a lot of times it's not directly what's in the photograph, although sometimes it is. It's, yeah, it's, it can also sometimes be my own like fun way to say things I can't really say. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe I think I'm witty or something sometimes. But. No. <laughs> well, you are. And also, though, it's open to, I don't know, interpretation. Totally. Yeah. I think that's something that you've made me more aware of, is I mm-hmm. used to think, like, I want to say this. Instead, <laughs> it's kind of like, what do you think? Because it right. is exciting if someone, um, because there's a, a photo that, it had to do with like that we took with mm-hmm. like my mental health mm-hmm. and stuff and mm-hmm. I showed it to my psychiatrist and she <laughs> nailed it and I was like this feels so good but also yeah. if someone was to come up to me and they were mm-hmm. like this is what it meant and I didn't mean that I would be like oh my gosh like you came up with a different thought right if they get you that's really cool and if they don't I also think means that they thought about something you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah so I definitely think a lot like of course when you post anything on the internet it's not being too attached to it Mm. and no and and I think it is great to think that uh, other people might have their own interpretation because then you are causing them to think like you said and um yeah I don't know I I it's Instagram's been like a great platform for me to try and figure out you know how I want to express myself through my photos but it does it doesn't feel like an end goal for me yeah <laughs> definitely especially in the last year I think I've realized like this is an app that at any moment could just blow up and Delete. die yeah so we need to do something mm-hmm. where these photos and these writings are like I don't know more permanent yeah um and I kind of cringe at the thought of a zine <laughs> Okay. Only because, I don't know, do I, I think I, I don't know a lot about zines. Okay. It's, okay, a zine is like a mini magazine. Okay. That you, most people, okay. So if you want to, like, a zine, I just feel like is the most millennial thing, which is probably why I also want to make one. Yeah. As I roll my eyes Sounds myself. great. <laughs> I, I don't know what a zine is, but I know cool people have zines. <laughs> um, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's, it's a way for you not to have to wait for your work to be like put out there Mm. in like hard copy form so Mm -hmm. anyone can like if you have a printer you can make your own zine I don't know Mm -hmm. um so with so it's with like writing and image it's just like it's a magazine but you made it it's like a self-published magazine yeah it's just like a little yeah I don't know somebody who probably knows more about zines is gonna listen to this and be like oh She's terrible. No. She doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> I just love that someone's sitting at home and just <laughs> shouting that you're terrible. Uh, no. That's probably a little harsh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's from the queen of people in my head being yeah. harsh. But um, so, but also it sounds like whatever this zine is going to be, mm-hmm. that is what you're forming it into being. 
you know so maybe that's not technically what a zine is yeah i also am not sure like if i want i feel like a zine is really what i want okay but um yeah i just the thought of like i enjoy instagram i enjoy that being like an outlet but i definitely don't think that's the only place that art will ever live no um yeah so that was that it's um do you i kind of think of you as like you shoot portraits Mm -hmm. is that what you see yourself doing longer because portraits i feel like are more connected with storytelling yeah i when people ask me what kind of photos i take i i usually say portraits Mm -hmm. and then i like add it like only on film because you know (laughs) i'm like that is important um but i think portraits and probably if i were to say like some type of like document like documenting style Mm. or but mostly portraits that's kind of really where my love for photography lies um Mm. i've had people recently like offer me jobs that aren't portraits because i think when people are like oh you're a photographer so you can take a photo of anything and i think i'm excited i'm excited at the thought that people want me to take photos for them yeah but when it's not portraits there is a part of me that's like nah it doesn't get you as excited (laughs) yeah because i think it's really the connection that's found with the person i take the photograph Mm. of that also excites me um and yeah but also i think i don't really know if i have a name for it but um i do also enjoy like just putting myself in experiences Mm. and almost like being a fly on a wall and like capturing moments that are happening around me that a lot of people are missing yeah like remember what i said what stolen moments yeah that was really good that also is another style that i i think also just really adore Mm -hmm. um because i don't know i think it's interesting how in a generation where we're always on our phones and you know it's like all about selfies and I sound like an old person <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> um to me I'm like okay I want a moment of you taking these selfies as you're ignoring like all the life that's happening behind you because that is hilarious like that is the moment that's what's interesting that's what's interesting and so you know like going to the bar with friends or like going out to a show or going to any type of event or just going to things you know that I don't know there's like a lot of life happening Mm -hmm. and kind of being the one who's still and kind of watching things Mm -hmm. is like my favorite thing Mm -hmm. but also maybe it gives me excuse I'm like well I'm here with my camera I'm documenting things so I can't (laughs) engage which that makes me sound like I do love to engage yeah obviously but sometimes I think like that is like a safe space for me as an introvert like when I'm out with friends and I need a break from like the intense stimulation yeah it's like oh I have my camera with me I've never thought about that yeah I was at that wedding in London Uh and she I had a Polaroid and I wanted to retake a picture of the Polaroid with like the crowd in the background yeah like them a still moment of them but being surrounded by the people that they love yeah and I couldn't, and I never got it how I wanted, 
But it was, I got obsessed with it because the wedding was so overstimulating. I was so tired. Mm-hmm. So I was running around the church, like going into the lofts, like trying to find the right way to do it. Yeah. But it was honestly such a relief because no one was like, oh, come out and dance with us. Because they were like, oh, she's taking a photo. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> got to take this photo, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very observant. So, one of the things I respect a lot about you is you push yourself to, like, scare yourself. And a lot of the jobs that you've taken on, you're like, I don't think I can do it. And then you're like, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) But when did that, like, like, what were some of, like, the first things where you were, because I think it often starts with doing one project. Like, what were some of the projects that you started with? Mm. well I feel like the one only one I can think of is like the last project I did that kind of really scared me Mm. um which wasn't necessarily the first one I did but it was the sticks out it was the first film I ever made which Mm -hmm. um it so I guess I could talk a bit about it so people know what the hell but um so I entered the um Kodak um, hundred feet of film contest that they do at the Atlanta Film Festival. I think it's the it's the only the second year that they've done this contest. But mm-hmm. um, you're given a hundred feet of film, which by the way is like less than three minutes. And mm-hmm. Kodak's just like, go do whatever you want with those three minutes. There are basically no rules, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of exciting because you're also working with you know sixteen millimeter film, which is, I mean. Yes, I work with, you know, 35 millimeter film all the time when I'm shooting photos, but I'm not working with that type of film ever at all. So, but in my head, I'm like, this will translate. This will be easy. I can do this. Um, So I signed up for this contest. And as you know, I tried to make a a film the first two times. which There was a lot of discouragement along the way to get to the third. For me, I really respected that Mm. there were a lot of setbacks yeah a lot and you kept going like even with like getting a a new camera and then the wrong camera (laughs) and you really were just learning on your feet um totally well and also I think like the so the first two times um I was the subject and I had someone else you know being the DP Mm -hmm. and the I did that twice and both those times essentially I don't want to say failed, but didn't work out. Like, the camera we had rented basically um, messed up both times. Mm-hmm. And so the third time, essentially, after after the two times that it messed up, I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I'm not supposed to make this film. And what's really great is that um, I'll give a shout-out to Michael at Kodak. Michael! He's awesome. He reached out to me and basically was like, we're giving you a third role. You have to do this. Wow. And I'm just like, oh, like my heart hurts so much. I don't want to make this again. Yeah. And what's funny though is that when I got that third role, I just had this sense. I'm like, I'm not supposed to try and make this film again. I think I'm supposed to do something completely different. Mm-hmm. I think I'm supposed to be the DP. Like I'm supposed to be the one that's capturing this moment. Mm-hmm. And someone else is supposed to be the subject. And, um, yeah, what's really great is that, like, 
the film okay i don't want to get ahead of myself no (laughs) so i think what scared me is when i realized what film i was going to be making because then also i'm like oh okay rachel so you're now going to be running a camera you've never used with film you've never worked with Mm -hmm. and i decided to make the film about my boss david who worked who owns rather brick and mortar mm-hmm. um an antique store in town shout out shout out to him <laughs> shout out to brick and mortar shout out to david and brick and mortar um i mean he's just he's like a fascinating person so mm. immediately there's just so there's such a big story there mm. that i was like well of course i would make this film about him in the store yeah but also i think there there's like a responsibility there um too because he's my boss and he you know he's someone i know and I, like the story is something I deeply care about so I also I think I was scared because now I've put this responsibility on myself to capture it (laughs) and like in like a beautiful way so all of it scared me all of it and it's so I like rented I rented a camera that 15 other contestants had used so it was like this is gonna work it's not gonna break so and I learned how to use it the day before (laughs) I filmed on it. So anyways, the whole process was actually, like, really beautiful and, Mm. like, flowed very easily. Like, the day we filmed, it was, like, terrible weather. It was raining, and I'm, like, carrying around this, like, $1,000 camera, and I'm just, like... How big is it um, for a visual? It was... I I had to have it, like, kind of on my shoulder. Wow. Yeah, so it was, like... (laughs) It was heavy. Yeah. Um, But, yeah shout out again to David because I feel like he's never also been filmed this way either but he made the process quite easy because um I don't want to give too much away but I essentially I wanted to capture his process of how he finds pieces for his shop and mm. kind of just show um you know his connection to the things he finds and how he brings them into the store and how he gives them a new home and so mm. um I essentially like followed him around for the day um which was really cool to see and did it with a huge camera on my shoulder <laughs> yeah but w- which was also scary is that I'm doing this and I'm like I have no idea if I'm getting any of this <laughs> and so when, yeah. when it was done and you know we did the last shot and you hear the, the films like gone all the way through you're like well time to send it off don't know if it's gonna happen but um uh, like a week later I got a call from Kodak and they're like hey your film's your film's back and it looks great it's like my body couldn't e- couldn't even register I was like yeah. not till I see it I'm not getting excited till I see it because two times before you know the film Complete didn't come. heartbreak yeah so when I went in it was kind of special because mm-hmm. I think the timing of it usually they will just give you like your hard drive full of your footage but I got there at the end of the day so the guy working the lab was like why don't you come up I want to show it to you and so it's it's like me and him sitting alone in the lab and he's like oh yeah The Walking Dead uh season so-and-so-and-so is sitting right over there in the corner and I'm like this is cool yeah um so we sit down and we watch it and I just like start crying (laughs) when I see it because I'm like oh my gosh it really happened like the moments that I captured are like there on a screen showing back to me and um it's just as I imagined and so that was a really scary thing for me because I I had to step up in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and 
I took a lot of risks, but, um, um, and I'm, it's so funny because now I look back and I'm like, this was the only film I was ever supposed to make. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that it's, it's about David in the store. And I'm so thankful that I have the opportunity to now like share that story with so many other people because my God, it's like a story that's so deserving of being told. I'm like, <laughs> everyone needs to know like how much thought and care goes mm. into the store. So, um, yeah, that's that. I think, <laughs> uh, I'm so yeah. excited um, about it. And also I think what's really great is that through doing this film, I always kind of had this hunch, but to kind of go back a little bit, so I also am an actor who's currently I was on gonna... leave, as I like to say. <laughs> yeah. But, um, in acting school, I was told a lot by my teachers. They're like, they're like, you, you really have something in you that's like mm. meant to be a director. Like, and you're at, you're at a school that's like meant for actors and and they're not saying like get out of here you're a bad actor no. but they're they're saying that you to can you, be many things yeah they're saying that to you like as well they're like you're doing great but also like because what would happen is i'm like in class and i don't want to make it seem like i was teaching other people but no sometimes you know it, it was helpful for my peers to hear something from another peer and not from their teacher so like sometimes when your teacher's telling you something and you're not registering it mm -hmm. if your peer is then telling it to you in an in a, in a way that's more on your level mm -hmm. it does that make sense yeah no completely um completely. and so sometimes i was like i guess not even realizing it like directing things and yeah. my, my teachers would be like okay so maybe you should think about this yeah and then the moment i'm like no i'm an actor but um it's really cool because i'm seeing now that like my background in acting and my my love for photography and like capturing moments all of this might lead to me like being a director in certain ways um and i i'm just so happy to like go wherever that takes me but yeah. um i think yeah. that's really i think a lot of actors i don't know why but we we all kind of have a moment where we're like no I'm only an actor, which yeah. is so funny because how beautiful is it that like you also can connect with people and help them and mm. see their gaps, which is what a director is essentially doing. And then also you have this beautiful eye for beauty and humans, which is a photographer. But it's so funny because, yeah, as an actor, there is that moment where you're like, no, I don't. Yeah, this is because I, I don't connect with other people. <laughs> I only connect with myself. Um. And I don't know why that is. I think when you're, especially when you're like a baby actor, yeah, it's just so hard to be an actor at all that you don't you don't want anyone else to tell you that you're good at anything else because mm -hmm. you're like, no, but I'm putting all of my energy into being an actor, so don't tell me I'm good at anything. Else. Yeah, and it's just it's silly because I think the most talented actors are are people with so many different facets yeah. and so many different talents. I'm like, you're not an interesting a an interesting actor if you're only an actor. Like get out of here. Like <laughs> I'm sorry, but like 
come on. I, <laughs> like, I have a friend that she pointed out, um, you know that saying where they're like, you know, being an actor, if you can imagine yourself yeah. doing anything else, don't do it. Oh my God. And then she pointed out, she was like, that's the whole point of acting is seeing yourself as something else. Oh my God. Isn't that funny? Literally that quote made me and so many of my peers in school like shit our pants out of fear because that that is what kept I think that's what keeps so many young actors in fear they're like if you want anything else in life well kiss a goodbye yeah yeah and uh, it's just and then in a lot of ways I think that's what has happened to me for like quite a few years I I don't know whether I like convinced myself or like suppress it but I was just like yeah this is all I desire yeah. I don't have any other interests. I don't... Do I even need human connection? It's fine. I can just be an actor. Um, which is just... Silly. So silly. But, um... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... It's... It's funny. And also, I think... You were the first person that I had heard go like, Yeah, I'm, like, taking a break. And I was like, Damn, that's so healthy. Because I think a lot of people would be like, I quit. You know, and right. and oh, which is such an actor thing, right? Like, oh, if I, I'm in it or I'm not in it at all. Like, <laughs> either it's my only desire. And uh, and yeah. there's a one guy I've told you about him. I'm not his biggest fan, but mm. he was like, he was like, yeah, he's like, I'm gonna quit acting, which he never did. Um, oh. but he was like, I'm gonna quit acting because it's so self-centered and it's so like materialistic, and you're obsessed with fame. And I was like are you i was like that sounds like a you thing (laughs) yeah i mean there's definitely lots of room for people like that Mm. to be an actor but that doesn't if you are an actor that doesn't mean that's who you are yeah but i think the industry does draw people with those personalities those hang-ups for sure yeah but yeah if that's he that, might he might still have those issues with whatever he does yeah (laughs) i um i've kind of been thinking that like because whenever I've accomplished whatever goal I've set in front of myself, mm-hmm. I still, and I mean, I'm my goals I, I, that I have not achieved are fame and fortune. and um, <laughs> But I've gotten there and it's still me. And it's mm. still exciting, but like a happy, a happy, healthy life with like, I mean, for me, one thing I'm so rich in mm-hmm. and I feel so thankful is my relationships. Yeah. And... And that's honestly my biggest desire is healthy relationships. And mm. so if I'm keeping healthy what is the most important to me, then if possibly I book something, that'll be awesome. There'll be such a thing to celebrate. Right. But it, it's... It's not. It's not. Because I have some friends that have accomplished more than I'd like, and they're mm. not very happy people. Mm. And it's not because the accomplishments made them unhappy. They were just unhappy to begin with. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's scary. No. Nail on the head. But a lot of people don't see that. Mm-hmm. And they can spend their whole lives thinking if they just get that one more job. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's really, it's really um, I think honest acting, of you. Yeah, acting breeds um, comparison and unhappiness, I think, in a way that a lot of careers don't. Yeah. Oh, shit. For you to for you to dive in deeper as a photographer mm-hmm. is very much like you're diving into yourself and your needs yeah. and your insecurities and you're like fighting through that. Mm-hmm. And then the better you get is honestly the more you understand yourself. Mm-hmm. But that's just not the case with acting. Mm-hmm. You can just 
because also like a I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about this. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. I hate that for acting, though, it, it makes you feel like you have to invest in anything at all that you don't want to. I know. I don't know. I'll just keep making weird shit and doing whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Mm. How do you connect photography and acting? Hmm. I feel like there's a lot of how you do it there's a lot of connections um well I will be honest at this point I'm not thinking about acting at all <laughs> yeah but there is and just because I'm not thinking about it doesn't mean there's not a connection but maybe why it was such a seamless transition is because of the connections um I think for me they're both storytelling they're just mm. different you're you're just using different mediums mm-hmm. so with acting, it's the obvious, you know, you're telling a story through yourself. You're using your body as, like, a vessel. But with photography, you're capturing stories. Um, you're on the other side of it. And so, yeah, I think, I think um, I realized, because I came to a place where I had to be really honest with myself, like, why do I love acting? Like, why do I want to do this? What about this is is drawing me in? And I, I came to realize that no matter what medium it was, as long as I was telling stories, I think I would be happy. That it wasn't so much about me needing to, like, bring a story to life, but it was the fact that I was, like, a part of telling that story. Mm. Um, so... Which I think lends itself to me maybe, you know, sometimes being an actor, sometimes being a director, being a photographer, they're all, or a writer even, they're all me being a part of telling a story. Mm. Um, and I, I kind of like leaving it open that way for myself, um, especially like being in your late 20s, like trying to figure out who you are. I'm like, yeah, okay, like let's leave let's leave the door open a little bit wider for ourselves and yeah. what we enjoy doing and what we feel called to do. Um, and so I think in the next 20 years, it might change a lot. Yeah. I might, you know, like, you know, I might, I mean, I hope I'll, I'll always be taking photos, but I also don't know if this is just for a season or if it's for my whole life. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I'll fall into directing more and then that I'll ride that wave, but honestly, I'm fine with it. Have or do you have any interest in seeing the movie Emma? It's okay if you don't. <laughs> I I probably will see it. Yeah, but I can't say that I'm like I need to go right now. Right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to like let you know mm. it, it doesn't have anything to do with you needing to see it, but okay. the person <laughs> like it's not like so go. But <laughs> the director, she's uh-huh. 51, I want to say. This okay. is her first feature. Wow. She got wow. her big break. Um, she was like a rock and roll portrait, portrait photographer. Shut up. That was what she did Whoa. for like most of her she professional so career. Badass. Yeah, and so if you look at, they call her like the Martha Stewart of rock and roll. Oh my God. But like if, when you watch the film, yeah. the acting is great, the storytelling is great. Like it really is a... A delight. However, 
you look at um uh i listened to an interview that jonah hill did with her Mm. and just um yeah her eye it is beautiful so and it's also if her eye was beautiful but like her casting was also like Mm. spot on and it was beautifully shot and it was beautifully so it's all it's she's she's rocking all of it Mm -hmm. but I think what is the most special is her portraits and then also if you go to her Instagram she's taken some beautiful portraits of behind the scenes oh wow just of her cast Shit. Okay, now now I have to see it, don't I? <laughs> I, I think I was but, like, why do I need to see Emma? Okay, okay. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's more for like your Rachel brain. Okay, I think your Rachel you. your Rachel brain's gonna <laughs> like it. Um, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm like I don't know. I like going to like a matinee mm-hmm. on my own mm-hmm. and just being like, I love a movie by myself. Me too. So good. And I also like like to think. I don't know. Some people think it makes you look. I think I like to think about how mysterious I look. You know, I like come what? in, and I in my brain, I'm like everyone's like, who is she oh seeing a movie alone? It's not a social thing for her. She's here because you she are cares. such an actor. <laughs> You're like my inner dialogue at the moment. <laughs> you ever seen Thirty Rock? Yeah, Jenna, her song. There's like a shot of her like listening to Tina Fey, uh-huh. but you hear what's going on in her face and uh, in her like head. And there's a song where she's like listening face, listening. Fa- oh, I look so beautiful as I listen. Oh, I'm listening. Oh, do people actually think that? Jenna, My God, no, 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 no. But it's like Jenna is like I think like oh, I know it's a character on a TV. It's show, a character, but, so, yeah. but also um, I don't know if I've ever been like oh like yeah. But I sometimes look so good right now as I'm thinking. No, but like just kind of thinking like, oh, you've got to look interested, you know? Right. And then right. I focus on looking interested and I'm not. Can you talk about the decision to leave New York? Mm. So yeah. you you moved to New York, you went to school, mm-hmm. you lived there for an additional two years. Mm-hmm. What did you learn in your time in New York that then you were like, okay, now it's time to go. Hmm. Because um, new chapters are hard. Very hard. Um, I would say the hardest part was not leaving New York. The mm-hmm. hardest part was being there. <laughs> um, I think... I think it's good to, like give a perspective that maybe New York isn't the best place in the world. Yeah. A lot of people talk about it and they're like, my God, I love it. It's the best place in the world. Which I'm like, I'm happy for you that you have that perspective. I don't. But also, (laughs) when I meet people who are like, yeah, actually the hardest years of my life were there. I'm like, okay, now I can talk to you about my experience. Because a lot of people will just like, they hear you say New York and they just kind of throw their own idea of New York on you before mm. you can talk about yours. Which for me, I mean, it's very different when you're when you're in New York for school versus when you're when you're living in New York just for you were very two different chapters for me. Like being in a school I went to a conservatory, so I was there from like eight to five, you know, like and when I wasn't there, you know, almost a full day I was outside of school like you know practicing rehearsing so my whole life like was almost in this like little bubble this Mm -hmm. little acting bubble 
and I would just get on the train every day and go back and forth. But when I was out of it, I feel like were the two years I really lived in it. Um, and those were really hard years. Like, mm. I think going from being in a, a, like a group of actors that supported you and being, being around people who like understood you in a way and, and having a place to like perform your craft to then getting out of school and being like, okay, um, why am I here? <laughs> like, um, and you, you feel compelled to stay because you spent so many years there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, all my connections are here. All my people are here. But what's really hard is when you realize that maybe the connections aren't real and that the mm. people that were your friends were because they were, they were the only people around you. And so it actually became a very lonely place for me. Um, which is good because I feel like it was far better for me to be real with myself and kind of come back to the reality of things than maybe live in this false reality where I thought, you know, oh, these people are my friends and these connections are real. You know, you just kind of realize like all of that was channeled because of school. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'm like, I'm working a couple part-time jobs I'm like taking acting classes, I'm taking improv classes, I'm trying to audition. I'm really struggling with my self-love. Like, oh God, like I just talk about like having to be an actor and having to have confidence, but also going through like the worst depression of your life (laughs) and having the worst body image of your life. Mm -hmm. Like the hardest years of my life, which it's also sad because I don't think well, uh, yeah. I don't think I was also able to enjoy New York for what it was when I was there. Yeah. Um, but anyways, all that to say, um, I came to Atlanta two summers ago to work on a short film with a few friends. And um, I'd never properly been to Atlanta before. I think I'd, like, you know, been in the airport or, like... yeah been here briefly but it had never been like for an actual stay so um when I I think also when I came to Atlanta I was just so ready and open to experience something Mm. new like because my life in New York just seemed so negative and heavy that when I came to Atlanta and I was meeting friends that I hadn't seen in years too so I was just like I would the person that came to New York that summer was a lot different than the woman who was living in the city so when I arrived in Atlanta, like within the two weeks I was there, I made more connections than I had in New York in those four years, mm. which like sounds absurd, but I think that played into like the people I was around, but it also played into who I was in those two weeks. Um, and I'll, cause you, al- you almost start believing that you can't connect with people when it's been so long and you feel so alone, mm-hmm. you're like, I guess I'm just not good at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to come to Atlanta... you were the opposite of that. <laughs> which, thank you. I mean, my God, I'm like, how tragic would that have been if I, like, believed that, yeah. right? And I'm so grateful that I came that summer because it, it just... Whatever happened with those people that I met, it was just like, nope, you can't believe that anymore because mm-hmm. you've met so many people that like you that want to get to know you and you like them and you don't even know them that well like it was just like and so I remember I literally 
I got on the plane to go back to New York and I just cried the whole way because I I knew instantly I was like this this is what it should feel like like to be in a community Mm. to live in a city where you're you're like you're you're growing as an artist and to get a glimpse of what that felt like and to have to leave that I was like holy shit like what have I been missing out on Mm. (laughs) and in my mind I'm like well hopefully in the next year I can move here and it's so funny because actually every time I've moved in my life it's happened very quickly like within a month or two if I look back on it and sure enough I went back to New York um and just like yeah within a few months I was moving to Atlanta and it was it was kind of scary I will say for a brief moment to leave the city Mm. that everyone loves yeah um I think I I remember like bouncing it off a couple people being like is this what should I do this like uh, like Mm. everyone and their mom loves New York City (laughs) and (laughs) I'm like but Rachel do you love New York City yeah and um and also you love it I you, do. You go back. I do go quite back. A bit. Which I really want to lie down. Is Please that going to mess up the do. audio? I'm like, no. can I lie down? Well, now? Okay. I move the mic. And <laughs> I'm lying down too. Okay. Yay! Let's get comfy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like a sleepover now. Okay. Yay. We're like talking in a sleepover. Um. So <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I'm like, so wait, glad. why are we doing this the whole time? Yeah. Um. What was I saying? Yeah. So I think um, that was a really good exercise for me to learn and to get in touch with myself with what I wanted Mm. which is also a problem I've had for my whole life like (laughs) people pleasing and really almost suppressing my natural desires and wants and how they're overpowered by what other people want and need Mm. so that was really good for me because it was like no Rachel like this is your decision and no one else can give you the answer Mm. but if I like really listen to myself like I knew back when I visited here like this is where I was supposed to be (sighs) anyways um and I'm just like look we're like lying on my bed in like my dream apartment like so beautiful I have never regretted once leaving New York I know that's insane like I but it's not like I left New York City and I've never been happier (laughs) I I wonder also, my experiences, maybe if you, like, count it all up, I've maybe been there for, like, two and a half weeks. Okay. I've been a few times. I wonder if part of it is because we're kind of sensitive to our surroundings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it. I think you like it more than I. I really have never liked it. Um, I'd love to, like, live there for, like, a job for a few mm-hmm. months, but, hmm, no. Um, so, you, you visited... And you, like, came... Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the van? Yeah. Can we talk about Betty? Sure. I think that's the first thing we bonded over. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about it. Can her. we talk about Bed? Sure. <laughs> All right. Cool. So that was, like, you're really great at, like, mm-hmm. once again, like, pushing yourself and, like, dreaming big. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that was, like, the first time I realized that that was something you were really good at. Wow. And you, like, really take a lot of initiative. So I think when we first started hanging out, like, Betty was 
the back of your head. What's Betty? Why does Betty <laughs> exist? So Betty's not my grandmother. She is my <laughs> she is my 1995 Chevy G20. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, um, where to begin with Betty? Um, I will say that I do want to acknowledge that before I had Betty, I like many other millennials mm-hmm. wanted to buy a van build out the inside of it and live out of it mm-hmm. and I wanted to do that because I had the hopes to go on the road with my photography mm-hmm. but part of me cringe because I'm like how typical of you Rachel to want to buy a van yeah. and live out of it but I had a friend say to me recently they're like Rachel but you actually got the van you did tell That's the story positive. of how okay. you got Betty okay I love it so it was I think it at first it was narrowing down like what kind of van I wanted Mm. and I had a lot of people telling me like oh you need to get a newer van like it's smarter it's better Mm -hmm. and yeah I never wanted that Mm -mm. (laughs) I I wanted an older van I I really I wanted something vintage Mm -hmm. I mean which made sense with my aesthetic but specifically for whatever reason, I had this love for, like, Chevy G20s. I'm just like, I just love them. And, like, to some people, I'm like, that might look like a creeper van to you. I love it. <laughs> but I just love them. Um, And so I was looking, surprisingly enough, like, a lot of vans are on Facebook Marketplace. So I was literally on there, like, every day for, like, two or three months. I had a lot of, like... I guess hopeful situations I went and looked at quite a few I went and looked at quite a few vans where I thought it was it and I went and I sat in it and Mm -hmm. I was actually like the van was so big that I was scared while I was driving it and that was also heartbreaking for me because I was like wait can I not do this am I afraid to drive a big ass van Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um I think it's also like one thing that's really good to learn is like being in touch with how you feel when you're immediately like put in a situation mm-hmm. so I'm glad I listened to myself when I got in these previous vans and I wasn't just like well no you're fine you know I listened to like the the unsettling feelings that I was having mm. so basically eventually like after a few months I see this like 1995 Chevy G20 that has like 70,000 miles on it which is so unheard of to for it to be under 100,000 miles um and, sh- and this van was in Jacksonville, Florida, and I start... How far is that? Uh, that's like five or six hours okay. driving time, um, and I start messaging with the girl who had put it up on Facebook, and I'm immediately just like, how is this thing real? Because mm-hmm. first of all, it was in such good condition, it was very clean, the girl who apparently had bought it, had bought it for the same reason I did, and had already like stripped out the carpet the seats was about to like start building out the inside like I was but what's so rare and cool is that she so she actually um is a I don't mess this up I believe she's a she's a mechanic who is in the navy and she specifically like works on engines of all different sorts and so she had bought the van and the van was being kept on like a navy base (laughs) in jacksonville florida Mm -hmm. and i'm just like okay so this is not real how is this van in such good condition being kept by a mechanic at a shop by a woman who's my age i'm like is this my van 
And <laughs> it was just one of those things, like, sometimes you you want to be really rational about things, but when they're so good, mm-hmm. you have to just, like, you can't be rational anymore. No. Like, you have to just kind of go off your faith at this point. Mm-hmm. So I took a one-way to Jacksonville, Florida, and this was just, this, like, attests to how amazing this woman is she picked me up from the airport which also i'm like rachel (laughs) you would i mean i made sure i was safe but this woman literally came picked me up from the airport we drove back to the base which also i had never been on a military base before so i was like this is cool and we went to the garage and there she is the van she's real Mm -hmm. in every way She's even maybe better than I thought. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to explain it. It was kind of, it like restored some sort of like sense or like belief in humanity for me because this woman and the van were everything she said they were. Mm-hmm. And that's really rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it was also so sweet. I'll have to give you this picture to insert. But um, she was working on the van, but also. I guess other mechanics in the shop had, like, fallen in love with the van. Oh. That, like, there was this other man who worked on it, and he literally, he kind of teared up when I came to pick her up. And he, I have a picture of him giving the van a hug <laughs> because he loved it so oh. much. And he was just, like, he even took down my information. He's like, I really want to see what you're doing with it. Like, I want to follow your journey. Like, to know that, like, I was, that my van was a van that had been so loved. I it, I was like, am I adopting a child? Like, it was, like, the it most beautiful. Like it. So, anyways, it was... And let me tell you, the first time I... So, I took it for a test drive. Yeah. It was also a lot of risks. A lot of risks. Yeah. You know, but I... It was the first van I sat in that I felt safe in. And, like, wow. <laughs> and it's not, like, a... That makes... I didn't know that you had sat in other vans that, like, yeah. felt too big. Because mm-hmm. it's not, like, a not like a big chunk mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. she's she's a lady she so she's technically like a chevy g20 shorty okay which is like a, a g20 body but she's just a little bit smaller so it's actually like and those are even more rare but it's perfect like it, she she's enough of a van to like live inside mm. but she's not too big to where i feel like scared yeah um you can navigate her. Yeah. I I also love that, like, this is something I know is important to you. Mm-hmm. But also, you're working on other stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's yeah. I know that, like, it hasn't all of a sudden gone away for you. Like, oh, no. Like, I bought the van and I thought I immediately would start using it. And I'm not immediately yeah. doing these travels that I thought. But also, like, I think it's just waiting for, like, mm-hmm. this... Mm-hmm. this thing and you just know that you're not in a rush to try to execute just anything with the van right right yeah I think um at first I had like a lot of time after getting it I think you're definitely like <laughs> you're on some sort of high after you like get a van and drive mm-hmm. it back the same day and you're mm-hmm. just like shit this is real and then um photo stuff was picking up for me um and then I made the film and just like a lot of things were happening so I didn't have time to work on her Mm. and part of that was sad for me but then also you're right like 
nothing about building the van can be like a rest a rushed process for me mm-hmm. um just because I don't know for what I want to use it for mm-hmm. it just definitely like the build needs to take time the build needs to have like care and thought put into it and so yeah um she she's like 25 percent done which oh. is not a lot but it's something yeah um and my hope is that I will that I hope this next season in life I'm gonna like start carving out like a day to work on her so that I just like leave that open. That's so smart. Because um, if I don't, I'm just like, well, it's never gonna happen. Rachel, you're not. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping that by summer, I will be able to take like my first trip. trip. And are you still thinking? Are you making a list of cities? Um. Yeah, I think. In my mind, I think I have like my first trips, but. Yeah, I don't really know if I've gotten to that list yet. List yet. Also, I think until she's like closer to being done, I haven't I haven't been dreaming too much about okay. about I that. I also yeah. like have no desire to be like, "What's your first city?" cuz I know you and it's going to be like all of a sudden I'm going to text you and you're like, "So I'm on my way." Yeah. <laughs> la la la. Yeah. Cuz also It'll be so different than yeah, what, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, like you're very good at following those impulses. I kind of also, it kind of occurred to me, I feel Mm -hmm. like people that don't know you Mm. are listening to this. Yeah. And they're going like, wow, what like a wise, centered, like she's just living the dream, like perfect, perfect. But like I've lived, I'm not saying, no, you're not. No, I'm just saying (laughs) you've built a very beautiful life for yourself. But also from like listening to like the dream, it has taken so much this life that you've created, I just know, like, getting to school in New York and then what you've now shared about mm-hmm. leaving and mm-hmm. you've had a lot of heartbreak along the way. So it's, yeah. I don't know. For some of our listeners, I think your life is so beautiful because it's taken so much work to build it. Wow. Like the inside of the van. You know, <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. But also pretty much all the beauty that you've created – you've created for yourself wow I was actually talking to a friend and I was getting I was getting upset but I think this is such a good reminder Mm. is I was kind of like people don't hand me magic Mm. I'm not one of those people where Mm. someone's like here here you go yay 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 like I've had to anything good like when people are like oh I'm jealous like that opportunity was so cool and I'm like do you not understand Mm. that I not like oh I worked so hard but like any role I've ever booked my agent did not send me in for it I fought for it myself Mm -hmm. and I think you're a couple steps later down the road but it also I think is such a good sign of like thank goodness Mm -hmm. you know if someone would have handed you something it would have been good but it wouldn't have been as good as what you've created because also I'm like in your beautiful bedroom right now (laughs) and it's just like you've made all of this you know you've chosen all the pieces that Mm -hmm. you've put in it and you've built your own world I think I want to sum it up with your eye for beauty because that's I think the thing I find as I I just like stuck my leg in the air (laughs) and I'm like "Mm, fossy leg um what do you find Mm. beautiful I do want to say something about what you just said before I answer that if that's okay please um yeah because I the last thing I want to do is to give the impression that like 
life has always just been this full and mm. wonderful for me and that there there was a, a life even before New York that was harder um, and that um, it took for it took me actually walking through a lot of pain yeah. to come to a place where I was fighting enough for myself and what I really wanted and um, I'm like I think there's a lot of moments where I'm like holy shit I really didn't think happiness like this was possible and I don't e- I'm not even like living like a f- the full effect of my life yet like I don't have a partner like I don't have a family like I don't have a lot of things that I still desire mm. but I already am at a place where I'm feeling so grateful and happy that I'm just like holy shit I didn't even know like this point was possible so mm-hmm. yeah like to the people that listen to this um it, it's it's I think it's encouraging to hear that like your desires and your dreams are possible mm. but the real real ones are never handed to you mm. and I think it, it often takes you walking through a lot of your hardship to really come to know what you desire because like shit like if you would have asked like 18 year old me what I wanted she didn't know Mm. and I think it it really took like me hitting rock bottom many times many times many times I think that's the important word is because like if you hit a low and then you're like okay well now we go up and you're like no boom back down Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like oh man it's I mean, worth it. Shit. But yeah, sorry, your your other question was... Um, no, I keep going on whatever you oh, want to okay, talk okay. about. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, gosh, there. I just... I, I think um, I sometimes will have moments where I revert back to my headspace when I was living in New York. And um, there was there was a time when, like, the depression was so bad that I really didn't... I really didn't see myself having a future. And I think people, a lot of people with depression can relate to that. And if you would know me now, I don't think you would know that. (laughs) Um, And I think that's, that's, that's good. Like Mm -hmm. the, I'm, I'm happy to share like the dark parts of my life, but I also don't, that's not like um, a badge that I wear around Mm. because I think, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like people walk through depression and they walk through it to then teach someone else. But a lot of times, like, we walk through it for ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, man. Um, I'm just, like, honestly excited to see what, like, happens in, like, the next five years. The next, shit, the next, the next month. The next like, month, Like, dude. I, I'm just, I, yeah. And um, I just, wow, I don't know. <laughs> to kind of go back to the depression thing, yeah. you don't walk around with it like a badge, but but you are actively applying what you've learned definitely, at all times. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I know, like, what I'm, what I'm about to say has probably been said in a cliche quote several different ways, but... Love a cliche. Yeah. <laughs> um, you definitely have to walk through 
like bitter times for mm. a, for for the happiness to taste that much sweeter. Mm. Like I I just um I think why things are touching me so deeply now yeah. is is because I I didn't have them before. Yeah. And so even just like the little things really like I don't know. It tastes better. Yeah. <laughs> um and I'm grateful because now I feel like I'm not missing moments. And um, it's simple things like, you know, just um, briefly connecting with someone Yeah, can feel like a gift. Because you went through a time where you're like, I don't connect with anybody. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I totally yeah. relate with that. Or like days where you, it's so silly, but you go through a period where you dislike yourself so much that... When you come to a place of love for yourself, that also just feels like a gift. Yeah. You're like, wow. You know? (laughs) I'm uh, so into me right now. (laughs) Just being so grateful. Yeah. um, For the way that you are. So, yeah. I mean, shit. I could talk about this forever. But, um. Real fast. I'm going to check the time on your phone. Oh. Okay. I thought we were taking a pee break. And I was like, no. Are we? Are we good? Yeah. Oh. I just have to go to therapy at 2. It's 12.53. Oh, oh, we're good. We're so good. Oh, okay. But in the, my head, I was like, Rebecca, <laughs> you're about to pay so much for therapy. Not be Please there. tell me that's what it sounds like in your head. <laughs> yeah, I've got like the ghost of Christmas past in my head. Um, oh, anyways, man. sorry. No, you're good. But um, it's not going to be more present because like for two minutes I was thinking. You were like, shit, 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 keep talking. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Walking through that makes everything taste better. I think with relationships, people have said recently, which really means a lot, but they're like, you're very loyal and you're very supportive. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, do you realize how fucking, sorry, mom, (laughs) awesome it is (laughs) to have people that you love and connect with? Oh, my gosh. And I think, you know, now when you see a connection, Mm -hmm. I think now one of the reasons I move so quickly in relationships is I don't feel it all the time. Shit. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, we have a connection. Yeah. Do you how do you know how hard it is to go through this world and connect with someone? Oh my god. And so I think, I mean, we've had our times where we're we've had to like work through some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, not putting words in your mouth, but mm-hmm. I would rather work through things with you mm-hmm. than just like accept things with someone I kind of connect with. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we haven't had any issues. Yeah. So let's get going, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something about what you just said made me think of dating, and I was like, holy shit, this kind of is adding up for me. Because you said something about how, like, when you realize, when you've gone without connection, and then you have a connection, mm. you just instantly realize it, and you're like, well, I'm not going to waste time. For me, I <laughs> I feel like this describes my dating life, but I, I can pretty, I pretty quickly tell, like, mm-hmm. what... Mm, what capacity of depth and connection there will be between me and a person mm-hmm. and I've also come to a place where I'm like yeah I'm not gonna pretend I don't feel like this mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't live like that so I feel like I don't date a ton but when I do I have very like <laughs> I have very like what's the word I want to use um like deep and powerful romances mm just because it's like okay uh i'm into this and here it is 
And a lot of people, the people that match that and are willing to be that open back, like something really beautiful happens. Mm -hmm. But what happens quite often is that people will match it, but then they will realize, oh shit, I don't know if I was ready for this. Mm -hmm. Because um, everyone wants to feel that type of deep connection, but oftentimes they haven't really done the work yet to be ready for it. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. I'm like, cool. I'm just, you know, gonna be ready for whenever that guy's also ready. I'll just favor it. Yeah. You know, but like, I mean, yeah. my thought when you were saying that was like, mm-hmm. how lucky are they? I mean. Yeah, but like they're gonna go throughout their life hoping mm-hmm. they can find a deep connection with someone. Mm-hmm. Or like they're gonna go through like some little like fine, like well, whatever. But <laughs> your all of your connections have been deep. Wow. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, also I just need to say that like I think this is humorous now because I didn't realize this, but it wasn't actually till my therapist pointed this out. She's like, I know I've said something good when you say shit. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I realized, I'm like, Rachel, you say this a lot. Like, to me, like, No, when it's I, not just shit. It's wow shit. Oh, okay, okay. That's your catchphrase. <laughs> that is when I know I've said something good. It's wow shit. It's just like my brain literally is like... Wow. It like hits a part in me that that's all I can say back. And yeah. I'm just like, whew, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, it, when you put it that way, I also don't look back at any of my like brief connections with people and feel negative about them. Mm. Because I also, I'm like, now we're talking about dating, but. To me, I also, something changed in me. I don't really know when, but instead of looking when I'm, when I'm dating someone, I'm not, I'm not dating them as if they have answers for me mm-hmm. or like not dating them as if I'm not dating them with like an end all be all in mind. Mm. And I think depending on your background, like, especially if you come from a religious background, which is what I came up through, like you have the tendency to date people being like well are you it or not like let's figure it out and that is like such the wrong way to go about it um i mean you can have that desire Mm -hmm. which i do but i now see like dating as a way i'm like each person i connect with has a lesson for me Mm. and whether that's like one date or it's like one year five you know like each person and I hope I have something to, like, teach them. Mm. And so in that way, I, I think I've, like, left myself open to learning what those lessons are. And, like, hopefully one day I'll be learning lessons with someone who, like, wants to, like, be with me for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, vice versa. But I'd much rather look at dating that way mm. than the other way. Because um, I think when the lesson is up, I'm able to, like, release it much healthier Mm -hmm. you know when someone realizes or when you realize you're like this isn't working for me you form a healthier attachment style Mm -hmm. you're like okay this was a lesson you know and also i know from like also from a religious background Mm -hmm. thinking like in game in game that means if i see like one flaw (laughs) then i'm like 
am I willing to like <laughs> deal with this weird voice that they make every single day for the rest of my life? And then I'm like, no, no, I'm not. And then I'm like, boom, shut down. Yeah. So just to kind of give the opposite perspective yeah. of why I think that's mm-hmm. a really healthy way to look at it is, yeah. Yeah. Because like the also the reality is, is like you're not going to find someone who doesn't have like any weird flaws or any any like baggage they're carrying around I mean this is also feels cliche of me to say this but you're you're wanting to find someone that you're willing to work through it all with Mm. and someone's baggage that someone's baggage that you don't know you don't care dealing with like that you someone's baggage that you're compatible with and I I think it is beautiful the the people the couples and like the relations that relationships I see that do work it's they're such people that where their insecurities and their their um you know their flaws they like line up in a way where they 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 build each other up Mm -hmm. and so it's not that two people don't have these insecurities or flaws because everyone does but they they pair well in a way where you're making each other better yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah anyone that gets to love you is very lucky wow <laughs> that was maybe the most beautiful thing that's been said to me in a while <laughs> thank you wow i mean how do i say this in a way so you have to come to a place of knowing yourself where you you appreciate certain things about who you are mm. without it being like you know self-absorbed or whatever i think i was too much in the other direction where I was like I like nothing about myself so now I can say like one of the things I really appreciate about myself is my capacity to love and a lot of times it's been it's been for the wrong people or in the wrong direction but um I'm in a really healthy place where I can give that to someone now Mm. and um it's not always romantic I think it's good to also talk about like a capacity to love in a platonic way and everyone who's in your life mm-hmm. and um I, I mean I it's true it's true what they say like I really feel that I'm in this place now where I have this healthy capacity because I'm finally like I love you too Rachel mm-hmm. to myself and that that wasn't happening for a long time but yeah I think that's a really good way to wrap it up actually okay I think that's really beautiful Cool. I love you. I love you too. Yay! I'm so glad you do. I'm. Oh, of course I do. I'm really honored that you asked me, and um, yeah, this has been really great. Yeah. You've got something to share, and thank you for sharing it. Yay! That was so good. Guys, thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Rachel, for um coming on. Now I am positive that y'all see why, in its own way, Rachel's stuff is so special. Um, she really brings so much to it, um, different parts of her story. Um, I, I'm just excited for y'all. Keep reading her stuff as she posts because that is also a really great insight into what she is sharing with you guys. She's a beautiful writer. I can't wait to see more of it. I can't wait to see more of your work, Rachel. Um, She's working with also some of my favorite people in town, Um, but I just know that this is the beginning. And I'm really proud of you, Rachel, and I love you, and I can't wait to see 
what is to come. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Bye-bye.